Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, honk if you love justice. Wes brings the case against his friend Adam. He says Adam's too eager to lay on the horn when he sees bad driving. Adam says he's just practicing defensive driving. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Today's cultural reference is an audio cultural reference. Listen carefully. Swear them in, Jesse. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. Uh, Yeah, I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that the horn button on his car lays down a sweet oil slick? (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) I do as well. Very well, Judge Hodgman. It's sweet oil, specifically. I mean, you will go off the road. But if you if you happen to taste it, it's pretty sweet. It's good. <laughs> it's nice for making dressings. It, it is. It is, but a little too sweet. Yeah. Uh, Wes and Adam, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either of you name the sound that you heard as I entered the courtroom? I'm looking for a very specific answer. It was distorted a little bit by um, Skype, but no, I can't. You're going to blame yeah, no idea was... Skype? <laughs> I'm I'm blaming Skype, yeah. I can see you guys are I'm both blaming crazy. Skype as well. And my iPhone. I mean my phone. All right. So you're both wrong. <laughs> and you're both in contempt of court. You have to make a guess. <laughs> um, I'll play it for you again. Thank you. Thank you. I could listen to that all day long. <laughs> uh, Wes, um, can you guess? Is it some sort of car alarm? No. Adam, can you Damn. guess? Sounds like some kind of action in a factory or something like that. Oh, you are wrong. Action in a factory is not something that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I call it. That it machines in a working. Factory. Uh, <laughs> machines that, working in a factory. That that's that sounds that sounds like the 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 long lost record by the band whose name I'm forgetting. Who who did uh, reach the beach, Jesse? Reach the beach. Reach the beach. Uh, uh, one thing leads to another. Reach the beach album. The fix. The fix. That's it. Right. Action in a Factory was their long their their nineteen their lost nineteen eighty four album. <laughs> <laughs> No, the answer is, gentlemen. It sounds like a really solid pitch to Mark Wahlberg's production company. <laughs> you mean Action in a Factory or that that sound? Neither <laughs> one. All right, all right, <laughs> Mark, sit down. <laughs> sit down. You are going to love this. You ready? This is my pitch. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll make it. Ooh. I think it sounds good. <laughs> Can I take my shirt off? <laughs> I hear that Lone Survivor is very good, by the way. It's a very, very powerful movie. So I don't want to, you know. Hey, I love Marky Mark. I, have, I think that guy's awesome. That guy's been in a lot of things. He's done a lot of work. The, the thing about Marky Mark, 
he, he's always he's always trying something new. He's always he's stretching. He's always stretching. You can't you can't you can't uh, be mad at him for very long. No, because he's so charming. All right. Well, the answer the answer, gentlemen, is that sound is a a klaxon. K l a x o n is a very particular kind of horn sound. Specifically, that is the klaxon alarm that is played on the British quiz show hosted by Stephen Fry called QI for quite interesting when someone answers a question incorrectly. And in fact, that sound was played uh, when uh, Alan on the show guessed that that sound was called a klaxon and he got it wrong. Why? Because klaxon is actually a brand name. It is a very specific... uh, what the generic sound we call klaxon, auga, 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 actually uh, was a brand name. It was it was invented by Miller Reese Hutchison uh, in 1908, and then licensed and bought out by the Level McConnell Manufacturing Company of Newark, New Jersey. And for that reason, uh, Stephen Fry and the QI elves decided that it could not actually be called a klaxon. That what they were playing was a generic. Uh, siren of some kind, which I only presume that they're afraid of being sued out of existence by the non-existent Klaxon company. But in any case, that's what that auga, auga, auga. That's a that's a very famous sound that's called a Klaxon, and it was once a brand name. And uh, and you are all wrong. So now I have to hear this dumb case, Wes. <laughs> you bring the yes, case sir. against uh, Adam. You guys are pals. How old are you? Uh, I'm 22. And Adam, how old are you? I'm also 22, but slightly oh. older. Oh, all right. And uh, <laughs> and and since since you, the time, and you're not brothers, you're friends from college. Uh, friends from high school and middle school. Oh, where did you go to high school and middle school? Um, to the Marblehead High School and the Marblehead Veterans Middle School. And you are pronouncing Marblehead with an accent that I believe is affected in order to give some hometown pride to your native uh, talking. Uh, surprisingly enough, no one from Marblehead really says it that way. How do you That's... actually say it in real life? Marblehead. You actually say Marblehead. Marblehead. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Well, in real life, I say Marblehead. Marblehead. But... All right. So, so you weren't affecting. That's how you talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I um, you probably I, don't even hear you probably way. don't even hear that accent yourself. I don't I, even know if he has that accent. I just think he does it for show. That's not true. There's an old there's an old Massachusettsian joke about the late Governor Peabody that there were three towns in Massachusetts named after him. One of them is Peabody, Massachusetts. The other is Marblehead. Get it? Get it? He's a dummy. Get it? Oh. And the third is the real, the real life Commonwealth town of Athol, Massachusetts. A T H O L. Athol, Massachusetts. Athol. Athol. Have you been to Athol? My, uh, That's in Western Massachusetts. My my dad always brings up the old um, uh, BC radio morning zoo joke uh, about Peter Falk from Colombo visiting Athol, Massachusetts. And they always, uh, the, I guess the, the punchline of it was, Falcon Athol, uh, anytime we drive by that. Oh, gosh, there's the klaxon. We're out of time. Good luck, you two. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a good Sorry time about talking that. about QI and Stephen Fry and klaxons and 
Massachusetts and Peter Falk and and so on, but we've we've run out of time. No, the problem is, Wes, that your friend uh, Adam makes a noise. The noise is the honking of a car horn, which he does a lot. Is that not so? This is true. Tell me more about that. Well, um, it's not so much when he honks the car horn, although I I do think he honks it too frequently. But it's more when um, if he and I are driving around our suburban Boston hometown uh, and someone uh, does something when I'm driving, if someone does something that would bother Adam, uh, he'll reach over and honk the horn for me. I I, I, uh, I, I, I. I have I can't even hear what you're saying because I am so enwrapped in, 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 in with your beautiful North Shore accent. Now that I hear it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, this guy. Actors around the world listen to Wes talk. This guy's this guy's got it. That's a beautiful North Shore accent because you. Everyone thinks that the Boston accent is like. I can't. I, I'm not going to embarrass myself by doing it, but like pop the cat, like really like raspy, like Bill Burr. But then there's the, then there's the North Shore accent, which is it, it has that marblehead, marblehead. But it's all it's like now I'm doing a Kennedy. Like I can't, I'm, you know, because it's one of my great shames in life that I I'm from Massachusetts, I'm from Brookline, and I can't even imitate a a, a greater Boston or Massachusettsian accent. But you're 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 giving me a, the true Jim Kenefic, the beautiful, like flinty, but still round uh, man of the people. But patrician, that accent is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're you're very. Oh, <laughs> listen to that, everybody. I just oh, <laughs> what is your job? Are you in broadcasting? Oh, I wish, but no, I am not. I'm a student. Where? What are you a student of? Uh, a student of. French language and culture. <laughs> can you speak French? I can. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to with embarrass a, with a myself North Shore, with a North Shore accent. <laughs> <laughs> can oh, you say I, I parked the car in Harvard Yard in French? <laughs> I, um, you know, I could, but it wouldn't sound. It, it wouldn't be worth it. If you don't, if you don't do it, I'm going to find in favor of Adam, and there will be stiff mm-hmm. penalties. Well, you're putting me on the spot no, now. No, no, you can. I'm not, not saying you sure. have to do it right this second. You work okay. on the translation while I berate your friend. All right, sounds <laughs> good. Adam, are you also from Marblehead? Yeah, I'm from Marblehead as well. Yeah, but you talk like a normal person. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I've never really felt like I had any sort of accent at all. No, you don't. You, where's your family from? Um, my mom is from Brooklyn and my dad is from the area a little bit closer to Boston. He grew up around, uh, Brookline as well. And, um, also Randolph Mm -hmm. and Mattapan. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I can hear a little, a little New England in there, but, but (laughs) where is your mom from in Brooklyn? Um, your mom was from Brooklyn and your dad was from around Brookline. You are like me, sir, a child of two worlds. And now, where are you in the world? Where am I in the world? I'm in New Orleans right now. In New, in New Orleans, and what are you doing there? I am a student at Tulane University. In what subject? I'm an economics and film studies major. Are you an undergraduate? Are you, are you getting your bachelor's degree at Tulane? Yeah, I'm getting my bachelor's degree in both. This is my last semester. 
uh, very well. And I presume you spent 17 years in college because going to college in New Orleans must be the most fun thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. <laughs> All right. So now what Wes said to me is that you honk the horn very aggressively and that to the point where he, you will sometimes, if you are the passenger in the car and Wes is driving, you will honk the horn on his behalf. That is yes, monstrous that on its face. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a moment to defend yourself. What would the situation okay. be that would merit your interrupting the operation of a motor vehicle in order to express yourself through honking? <laughs> well, I try to be as minimally invasive as possible. I try to maneuver my hand in a way where it's not going to mess up his steering wheel motions but the situation you that understand that there is, is no logic to what you just said <laughs> <laughs> right you can't connect you can't connect the, the 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 phrase i try to be as minimally invasive as possible <laughs> logically with the i i then interrupt his driving of a car to honk on his behalf Right, you have already well, gone too far. So I don't want to hear about your method of putting <laughs> your lives and the lives of others at risk. I want to know why you do it. What is an what is a situation that in your mind would merit such an unusual act or is it usual, sir? Do you do it all the time? You are driving around, you are the passenger in Wes's car, someone cuts you off. Okay. Do you honk? Okay, well, the situation the usually... Right, yeah, the it's situation question, is usually sir, that... Yes or no? <laughs> yes. We oui ou non? We. Oui. Way. Oui. Way. Oui. Yeah, slanging it up. Way. Oui. So, <laughs> so someone cuts you off in a way that you find unacceptable, you would, you would honk even if Wes did not honk. Even if Wes were driving the car, you would reach over and honk. Yes, especially if it's in a dangerous manner. And what do you hope to accomplish by that? You want to make everything more dangerous? <laughs> well, I find that West's doesn't use his horn at all. I don't I can't remember an instance where he has used his horn, so I it's kind of my way of getting him to realize that the horn is there for a reason. What is that reason? So that other people are aware that you're there, and sometimes it comes across as a little bit uh, aggressive, but mainly I just want to keep him and I safe, and whoever else is in the car, too. Now, maybe I'm misunderstanding the timeline here. Okay. If someone has cut you off, and now they are ahead of you, and they've come too close, right? Mm-hmm. Then you reach over and honk... But it's been, but the, but the infraction has occurred. <laughs> That's correct. So how is letting them know you are there help? <laughs> you raise a good point there. Um, but I have, it's also for Wes's benefit as well, I'll say, because he needs to know that in those times of potential injury, he needs to be honking the horn. He needs <laughs> to know that if you're in the car... You might do anything at any time. You are, you are standing there ready to relieve him of command at any moment. All right. Yeah. Let's say you're driving, Adam. Okay. All right. 
what would merit a honk from you? What situations? Uh, generally, okay, so cutting off is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, p- people making turns at incorrect times. Uh, Massachusetts can be a little bit dicey on the road, especially in times like this where it's wintry weather. Um, those are pretty much most of the things that I can think of. I'm not really super aggressive. I don't lay on the horn when people are going too slow or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just instances where a, a crash could potentially occur. And I admit that sometimes I let my frustration get the best of me and I will honk after the fact. Um, An after the fact honk of rebuke. Yes, exactly. A rage honk. <laughs> Slightly delayed. As I wouldn't be, I, look, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know what I am talking about if I were not guilty of this myself from time to time. So you should feel safe, okay, in admitting what you are admitting. Okay. But you're a monster. Wes, how, how often does this go on? <laughs> I'm sorry? How, but now, Adam is there saying that he honks to ensure the safety of himself. Mm-hmm. How aggressive a honker is he? Paint me a word picture, Wes. Doesn't have to be in French. <laughs> okay, good. Um, he's a mildly aggressive honker. He he's he's a mildly aggressive driver by and large. Um, he does a lot of things on the road that uh, that tend to bother me um, cool. or embarrass me. Tell I guess. me more. Because <laughs> well, I'm just, I, can, uh... I just listen to you talk all day. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a few. I have a few stories. Um, I've got a few interesting uh, anecdotes. There, there, there was one time. By the, by the way, if you would ever like to tell them, we'd love to have you back on the podcast sometime. <laughs> no, actually, now I'd would love- be a good time. Let's go. All right. All right. Sounds good. I, um, <laughs> so there was one. There was one instance where um, we were uh, driving from Marblehead to Salem, and. Uh, on a on a main ish road and there were three uh young teenagers on skateboards in the middle of the road. Um I don't know why they were out. It was it was almost midnight. Um but they were out skateboarding and uh they were right in the middle of the road mm-hmm. and we pulled up or Adam's driving and he pulls up right behind them and they're still just skateboarding down the road. And instead of what I would have done in that situation, which is a friendly toot toot to say, please move. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he leaned on the horn for a good 30 seconds, just a <laughs> constant honk <laughs> until they turned at the next intersection. Now Wait a second. Wait a second. There, seconds? Marblehead. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure you're aware of what 30 seconds really is. Do you really mean 30 seconds? Because this is 30 seconds. Ah, 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 ah,
So you want to you want to re- you want to take that again before you lie to me again? Your Honor, I I I, I didn't lie. I misjudged time. Um, it was maybe. Well, why should I believe anything you say? <laughs> Just because you are a smooth North Shore talker. Maybe I mean, that, would, that would be nice. Yeah. Don't make me refuse. My, my, my circular breathing is really out of out of out of practice. <laughs> How you do for me, not in French. Just do me the honk that he put on those kids. The honker that he put on them. All right, just do I'm it. just trying to think of when just we encountered them. I don't care. What, I don't want right. to. I want to hear you. I want to hear. I just honked for thirty seconds. You imitate his honk. Skateboard kids in the middle of the road. Adam's honk. Go. This is from Wendy's to the intersection. Oh, sorry, I just buzz marketed. This is from a burger fast food area. You know to what? The I love it. Specificity is the soul of narrative. From Wendy's to the intersection. Let me hear it. All right. Jesus. Wait a minute. Stop. 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 Yes. Now, let me just make sure that I understand. Were Mm. you trying to honk for 30 seconds because you thought that's what I was asking you to do? Or were you imitating Adam's length of honk? I was imitating his length of honk. It was a good 15 to 20 seconds. I was was about to end. You know what? If I were you, you, sir, I would leave units of time alone at this point. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. But I was imitating. I was about to end before. um, Yeah, no. Okay. I got got the K in there. Yeah, I got you. That's a long honk. Adam, did you... It was a very long honk. Is that, is that, is that a good imitation or, or a bad imitation of this particular situation? Despite Wes's issues with um, intervals of time, it was, I'd say, about five to ten seconds. I, I remember the incident in question. Um, and that's another thing I forgot to mention, is that skateboarders and bikers are also um, commonly um, something honk that I honk that at. thing? Yeah. Uh, they're all commonly So you do your version... Thing, exactly. So, all right, here we go. You're at the Wendy's. Okay. Could be, I could be referring to any business. You're at the <laughs> Wendy's. Skate for, skateboarders okay. at you in the middle of the road. What time of day is, or night is it? Around midnight. Around midnight. You're driving. Right. Honk. Do it. Go. Okay. Honk. Something so like we- that. So Wes was right. <laughs> that was about five seconds. Nah. It was much longer than that. You know what? That was that was five a, seconds. And what and what did the skateboarders do? Did they fall off their skateboards and die under your wheels <laughs> in fright? Uh, actually, nice. um, they um. <laughs> As soon as he started honking, and this is more in his favor than than mine, as soon as he started honking, they all simultaneously raised their middle fingers to us yep. in the yep, car. That's yeah, right. Of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah. Because that was not a, by the way, guys, uh, I'm here with my friend Wes. You better get out of the <laughs> middle of the road because we have a vehicle that can kill you. That was... Ha! That was pure rage. Pure rage. <laughs> I don't know because about you pure hate, rage. Because you hate teenagers. I do hate teenagers. I think we may have still been teenagers at that moment. Hated, yeah, we probably hated. were. Look, I, it doesn't matter. I hate those teenagers. They were in the middle of the road. 
teenagers in the middle of the road on skateboards, of course you hate them because they are breaking the rules and they're in front of, they're on a place where you're supposed to be driving and you, Adam, are a person who is insecure and you feel utterly impotent (laughs) because you are in a car that can kill them and they don't (laughs) care. And therefore you're going to express your rage by laying on the horn. You are not alerting them to your presence. You are attempting a feeble revenge upon them. (laughs) And indeed a dangerous one. Because how many teenagers were there? About 30? Was it a teenage skateboard <laughs> gang? Was it the Warriors? No, what was the there roller was three. <laughs> It was like three or four. And they were they were spread out they were spread out across a Yeah, it was a gang of super roller busy skaters. intersection. And did they get out of the way or did they then brake check you? Like those creepy um, bikers did to that poor family on the West Side Highway. The oh most God. that's the most offensive thing to have happened in my city of New York that the, all of those bikers are not in jail right now. Did you read about that? This may not have this may not I, have I hit the not, national no. news. No, I didn't. A biker I, gang, yeah. <laughs> a, 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 not a gang, but a, a, cl- a club uh-huh. of young motorcycle enthusiasts decided to shut down traffic on the West Side Highway, and they got mad when a normal citizen wanted to use the highway for what it is there for, and was driving on it and the and the bikers they they brake checked him they pulled right up in front of him and slowed down purposely to bring him to a, a, a stop on the highway and then they started yelling at him and he moved over and knocked over one of their bikes and and ran over one of them which ins- then ensued in a chase of 15 or more bikers chasing this family down and pulling the guy out and beating him and you know what no one should run over anybody on the road do you know? No one should run over anybody on the road. But he had a he had a wife and a child in the car, and he was surrounded by bikes who had stopped him on the West Side Highway for reasons that he probably didn't even understand. He didn't know that they wanted to have their club wheelie meeting or whatever there. Because it was <laughs> he was using oh, it makes me so mad. And some of them were Jesus undercover police officers, and I have not heard a thing, a lick of justice in this situation at all. And the point I'm trying to make to you, I'm I'm just moving ahead to the verdict. This point. <laughs> point I'm trying to make is that this is, you know, this is a lawless land out there. <laughs> you know, and it's a those, wild teena- west. those teenagers were f- were flouting the the essential lawlessness of a of a suburban Greater Boston area road at midnight between the Wendy's and the intersection. There is no law. <laughs> <laughs> Your car. Your car belongs there, but if they say, no, this is our skateboard park now, there's nothing you can do. That's what makes teenagers so annoying. Because <laughs> they're flouting the law, and you got mad, and you honked that horn, and they gave you the middle finger, but it could have gone worse. Couldn't it have Wes? I can only imagine. It could have, probably. <laughs> He could <laughs> he could have distracted them so much with his horn honking that they fell over and he accidentally ran them over and then we'd be having this uh, this Skype call from a prison I would imagine I know because the two <laughs> of you would have gone to prison okay, together Wes. Wes Wes would have I'm just Wes would have gone down with you no it's true I mean you know you you were you were putting a you were putting aggression onto the road and 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 you and you never know what's going to happen. 
when that mm -hmm. happens, even though you're in the car, you know, those guys got skateboards. They could have thrown a skateboard at your windshield. I'm saying this as a guy who, when, you, when I got my driver's license late at the age of 19, liked to drive around Boston late at night and two dudes walked out of a nightclub at one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I drove around just because I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I can be, I can be around. I am in a capsule of safety. I can go and see Boston in the middle of the night. And two dudes came out of a nightclub and they drunkenly walked right out into the middle of the street. And I had to come to a screeching halt. And I was so mad. I did not honk the horn. I was so mad and freaked out and dumb that I felt I needed to remind these two dudes that who were just like, they were, they were, they were, you know, uh, completely unthreatening, fratty BC dudes. Like they weren't, they weren't tough guys. Do you know what I mean? But I need to remind them, uh, excuse me, gentlemen, I am in a Subaru Loyal. <laughs> <laughs> and so they stood there staring at me, you know, in that lawless world between the Wendy's and the interesting, they stood there staring at me. <laughs> I'd come to a screeching halt. They were in the middle of the, of a city street that they had walked out into without a care in the world. They stared at me angrily and I just lifted the brake gently until I nudged one of their shins. This one of the stupidest things I've ever done in my life. And guess what? This did not resolve the situation. <laughs> It made them really can... mad. <laughs> and, and one guy got so mad that he lifted his fist and he smashed it down onto the hood of my mom's Subaru Loyal. A dent that, and he dented it. I think he probably hurt himself very badly. And his friend walked him away and he yelled at me and I drove on. And I never explained to my mom and dad how that dent got into the, into the car, but it was there for the rest of its, my mom's natural life and its natural life. This is one of many great Subaru Loyal stories I got. So you see what I'm getting at here? Do I need to hear any more? Do I even need to go can, into my chambers? <laughs> I can, I can illustrate. I have several other illustrative stories. Give me one, <laughs> give me one more. All right, this this actually pertains to the um, motorcycle story that you were talking about earlier, which I hadn't heard about. I guess it didn't reach us in Western Mass, but um, uh, there was... Well, you're not in is, Western Mass. Yes, I am. Marblehead? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not in Marblehead right now. Oh, where are you now? I, oh, I'm in Amherst. Oh, all right. I go to the University of Massachusetts. Lovely. Go Minutemen. Um, I was trying so up. hard to remember what the sports team was there. The, the the Minutemen, yes. Football's terrible. Basketball's doing all right. I don't want to. That's all. I, I, you, you, I, that was all I needed to hear. Was I just like the names? <laughs> I like the names of the teams. I don't want to know anything about anything else. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Um, so you're out there in Western Massachusetts. Well, this takes place back in Marblehead. See, he, I don't <sighs> see him in Western. This is a, di but, um, a dizzying tour of the Commonwealth that I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love your I love your voice, but uh, you got to work on your getting to the pointsness. That's that's fair. Um, this happens <laughs> a few times. Um, Any time that we're driving around, in a, you know, it's happened before, and it probably will happen again. Is if when we're driving around Marblehead, Salem, Swampscape, whatever, um, if someone is tailgating Adam, if someone is right up on his, uh, you know, 
rear. Um, Adam will slow down the car so much that eventually the other person will just pass him as some sort of passive-aggressive show of, I don't know what, vengeance, I guess. On what kind of road are we talking about? A a two-lane? Generally a two-lane, quiet, suburban road, generally late at night, so it's not... Super dangerous, but no, 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 it's no, no. Still... I'm just trying to get a picture. So, are we talking about a kind of like Adam would be forcing the person behind him to to pass him? Um, yes, over over a double yellow line. Yes, yes. okay, yes. Into, into oncoming traffic in order to get around. Uh, potentially. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, not not that there is necessarily cars inbound, but you know, into into mm. another lane of travel. Yes. Yeah. Um, du- Adam, when you do this uh-huh. dumb thing, <laughs> do- does the person behind you f- flash his or her high beams at you to get uh, you to yeah, speed up? Yeah, that definitely happens. It's like um, this is like the 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 true meeting. Like I I would just love to I'd, <laughs> I'd love to have a a repeating gif, a meme <laughs> of just this of the t- of the two worst drivers in the world. The tailgater <laughs> who comes up and flashes, and the person who brake checks brake checks out of spite. But do you know? But guess. But guess what, Adam? Since this is just this is just a rolling verdict this week. Je, Je, Bailiff oh. Jesse's taking a nap. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do a snap judgment right here. You know who's worse between the two of you? Tailgater. Tailgater's the worst. Yeah, that's never that's never been my. Um, I guess tool of aggression on the road. I'm not a headlight flasher, and I'm not a tailgater. Oh, I'd also oh. like to say that I've never hit anyone's shin or anyone's body part, for that matter. Whoa. <laughs> is that Ooh. is that true, Wes, or no? Or is he just antagonizing this court? He has never hit anyone, <laughs> but he's also antagonizing the court. Have you, <laughs> Adam? I can, I can Adam agree just, with that. just because I don't like the tailgater. By a, by a fraction of a degree more than I don't like your behavior doesn't mean that your behavior is good. I mean, tail, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll come back to tailgating in a minute. All right. How many accidents have you been in, Adam? Um, I actually have only been in a single accident, and it was the other person's fault. Seriously, they ran a red mm-hmm. light. Sure. I understand that. That happens. Okay. Wes has so been at only- FI. If I may, Wes has been in. He, I don't think he, he hasn't been in more than one unless something else happened. But that one was his fault. Although, kind of, <laughs> there's a different. There's a story behind that one as well, where it, it's kind of my fault. <laughs> well, now I have to hear it. You cut his brake lines, and then <laughs> <laughs> it was something along those no, lines. No, it's not that dramatic. It, no, it's not that dramatic. I didn't feel he was going <laughs> fast enough, so I climbed down. To his ankles and started pushing <laughs> on the accelerator. No, Technically, he was the driver. It's, it's actually indirectly his fault. It is mostly my fault, and I took responsibility for it, and I paid off the um, damage to my father's car. But I was, I was driving around Marblehead late at night. I had just gotten my license um, late at 18. Yeah, and, I love this story. Um, Thank you. <laughs> no, but I was driving around and I made the mistake of checking my phone to look at a picture message that Adam had sent me. Uh-huh. And it was of a um, particularly <laughs> goofy looking Jeopardy contestant. And I laughed and I accidentally 
swerved a little bit and I sideswiped a tree. Oh, so a tree? You went off the road. You went off the road. Wait, how did you get all the way to a tree? Well, and Jesse, this I, is mar- um, this is Marblehead late at night. The trees the come trees alive. The trees are right next to the road. The tree was very <laughs> close to the road. Was I there a curb? Mm, there was no curb. No. No. Jet, Jesse, Were you just driving in a forest? Pretty much. Like pretty on much. A up creek bed. Be, I, I may as well have been there. It's it gets. It's not rural per se, but the trees are yeah. pretty close to the road. Je- Jesse grew up in San Francisco. He lives in Los Angeles. He, he uh, he's a Western uh, person. He's a man of the West. He doesn't understand. He, uh, is, uh, I I completely can see. Yeah, the the, tre- the trees are they're they're a menace, frankly. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. You know, we got old we got old trees. You know, not like your newfangled mm-hmm. redwoods out there, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> We got, we got mature, <laughs> mature trees that, that that think they own the road. <laughs> Describe finally a situation, Wes, where Adam honked the horn while you were driving. Um, it, it's uh, generally if someone has cut me off. If if I was in the driver's seat during the skateboarding incident, he most certainly would have yeah, reached this over. This has happened, right? This is not a hypothetical. Oh, I, he has done it. Uh, Oh, absolutely. So can you tell I can't me about a time? You can't think of a time you didn't prepare. I can't think of a specific incident. It's happened so often that <laughs> I, I can't oh. distinguish between incidences anymore. Oh, okay. I understand. Did you now have you prepared <laughs> your translation of I parked the car in Harvard Yard? Oh, yes, I did. All right, let's I hear almost it. forgot about that. Uh, it's, um, I might be pronouncing this verb wrong, but je garde les voitures au jardin de Harvard. Okay, I've heard everything I need to hear. I am going to <laughs> go through my drive-through chambers. I will uh, be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Wes, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good right now. I think I made my point well, and uh, the judge seemed to be on my side for most of it, although I know that sometimes when it seems that way, the uh, decisions tend to go the opposite way. So, but I'm feeling good. Adam, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling better than I thought I would. I was glad that the judge had some similar experiences to me. And and in that case, in the case that he gave us, um, his actions were actually more severe than mine. So hopefully that factors into his decision. To be fair, you're a maniac. (laughs) well guys we'll see what the judge has to say when we come back with his decision in just a minute you're listening to judge john hodgman i'm bailiff jesse thorne of course the judge john hodgman podcast always brought to you by you the members of maximumfun.org thanks to everybody who's gone to maximumfun.org slash join and you can join them by going to maximumfun slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. That, my friends, is a bosun's whistle that I happen to have on my desk, which I suggest, Adam, you drive around with from now on. (laughs) (laughs) As a way of expressing your anger at the world when things don't go exactly the way you want them to in the car. (laughs) A loud, piercing sound that you can hear that will get it out of your system so you do not put yourself in danger. But I make that suggestion. I do not make that order. If you are alone in the car, you may honk at your discretion because honking, like flashing headlights, is one of two and exclusive and very limited ways that drivers can communicate with one another if they don't have cell phones or the ability to moon one another or visual contact via finger-to-finger contact, eye contact. (laughs) And it is occasionally necessary to communicate to another vehicle. The horn is there for a reason. It is to, the proper use of the horn is to indicate to other drivers and the world around you, I am here, don't collide with me. I am behind you, don't collide with me. You are doing something wrong and you are putting me in danger. Please don't hurt me. An improper use of the horn would be using it to say, I hate you! (laughs) 
I hate you a lot for five <laughs> seconds or 30 seconds for a very simple reason that has nothing to do with etiquette. The car horn is in, designed to communicate danger. When my wife had her first car, people would honk at her and she didn't know why. They would honk and drive by and point at her car that she had bought off of a yard in Springs, New York for a dollar. Didn't even have a key. Didn't have a door key. It was an old VW Jetta. And she would thought something was terrible with her car. She would pull over and she would look and it was fine. She never found out. The only thing that she could imagine was either fire was coming out of the back of the car <laughs> or there was a murderer in the back seat who was about to kill her. She eventually tried to sell the car to a Sesame Street writer for $100. That writer for a children's television writer she tried to kill with her car. <laughs> that writer had the car for a day and then called and left a message on an answering machine. This is how long ago it was. Saying, I cannot buy this car. When I drive around, people honk at me and point in terror. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> we never did figure it out. Sometimes you have to honk to indicate that someone is causing you danger or there is something going wrong with their car. Someone might be in the backseat trying to murder them. And that is why a horn sounds like this. It does not sound like, uh, excuse me, or, uh, by the way, I hate you. <laughs> and the reason this is more than just an issue of etiquette is that when you lay on the horn, it will startle other drivers or other people it will cause them panic and anxiety, and then they might accidentally become as bad a driver as you are. There is so much that can go wrong. You are always just, and like, you know, when I tell that story about the bikers on the West Side Highway, I am on record on the internet and now on this podcast. Those bikers were in the wrong, but one of the bikers was very seriously hurt. And the, and the dude who drove over that biker didn't, didn't go out that day expecting to have to drive over a biker and hurt him and cripple him for life, right? Anytime you take the car out on a road, uh, even if it's a, a, a midnight road in Marblehead, uh, you're always, you're inches away from a, a life-altering event, you know, those skateboarders, let's face it, they were punks. Nothing was going to happen there. But something very bad could have happened because of the really stupid decision I made to move my car one inch further than it should have ever gone. And when there is that much at stake, uh, adding anxiety and an additional anxiety and panic to the equation is never a good idea. This obviously includes the act of tailgating, which is the dumbest thing in the world. I don't know if J my friend Jim Kennefick from Drake at Massachusetts listens to this podcast. He's the only other person I know whose accent rivals yours, Wes, for beauty. Massachusettsian Ooh. beauty. 
Mm. But, I'm very flattered to hear that. But, but that dude tailgates. He drives too fast behind cars and gets too close. The dumbest thing you can do as a driver. You're taking your life in your hands. Anything could go wrong in that car up there. And as soon as it does, as soon as, soon as Adam Snapchats Wes a picture of a goofy tree or whatever it was that happened, <laughs> and he hits the brakes, then all of a sudden my friend Jim Kenefick is dead or crippled for life. Flashing your high beams to get someone to go faster is, I think, a sure sign of utter human monstrosity. And if you have ever done it and you subscribe to this podcast, may I ask you to unsubscribe? I don't want to ever not hear from you again. It's the worst. Keep your distance from other cars. Honk your horn when you or another is in danger. Or if someone is a dummy and doesn't realize that the light has turned green, you may do this. Practice that, Adam. For the rare occasion when you need to use that horn. And try not to die. Ultimately, though, when you're in your car alone, I can't stop you from doing anything. But I can tell you this. Well, you know what? I can, actually, because you're never in the car alone. You're never in the car alone. You may think you're in the car alone. But if there's anyone else on the road with you, you're there with them. If there's no one else on the road with you, your family is with you, and they will be sad if you hurt yourself and die. And at the very least, there's that guy hiding in the backseat who's going to murder you. He's back there, too. (laughs) (laughs) So use the horn properly. It goes without saying that you cannot ever interfere with another driver in the middle of driving. Ever again. That is, that, that, uh, well, it goes without saying, so I'm not going to say it. Except to say it. Don't do it. And, uh, and, and uh, uh, I, I, I think you can flash your headlights when you want to give someone the right of way. In Massachusetts, that's what we do. I think I better figure it out in Louisiana, though, because it might mean something very <laughs> different. It might mean laissez les bon temps rouler. How about that French accent? <laughs> Ooh. That's very good. This is the sound of a gavel. <whistles> Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Let me ask you this, guys. How are you feeling? I will, uh, I will start with you, Wes. I'm feeling uh, very good. I think, um, I think the judge made the right call. And I'm I'm uh, I'm glad that Adam is now forced by internet law to uh, lay off the horn a little bit and drive a little more, a little less aggressively. Adam, are you ready to change your behavior? Uh, yeah, I th- definitely think be- being here in New Orleans has made me a little bit calmer. I just hope that Wes gives me control of the radio once in a while, if that can be like our little Ooh. compromise. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> that one. If you let me, sometimes I'll stop honking your horn. All right. Guys, thanks for taking the time to be on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. It was great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Get off my rear, Judge Hodgman. 
Jeez mm-hmm. Louise. Meep, meep. I see you back there. I'm going the speed I'm going. I'm not going to speed up. That's the Dukes of Hazard honk. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. That's the honk from 20% of the cars in the neighborhood I grew up in. (laughs) A solid 20%. Could someone write in... And tell me, what was the name of the car from the Dukes of Hazards again? I can't believe I can't remember the things I used to remember. The General Lee. The General Lee. Right. The one, the racist car. Can someone call in and tell me why they welded the doors shut? I've never <laughs> been able to figure that out. Was it for structural integrity? Oh, maybe it's for, it for structural integrity. They had a lot of concerns about torsion. Well, I'll tell you something. I am certain. We've been getting some great letters from Judge John Hodgman listeners telling me how wrong I was in five or six paragraphs. And I really love them, actually. So if someone can write five paragraphs uh, or, you know, just like a, a, a short essay on why it would be a good idea to weld the, do- the car doors shut, let me know. Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. But let's clear the docket. Here's something from George. Winnie the Pooh. I do not understand this name. Is it Winnie or Pooh? It's like being called George the John. Can you help clarify this? My wife Jillian thinks I should let this rest, but I'm stuck on it. She says it's an unusual naming structure, but does not require clarification. I disagree. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a child. It's a Christopher Robin was a child who named his bear Winnie the name, the Pooh. Nonsense words from weird child logic that makes no sense. Um, and uh, that's that. What the reason that it is an enduring character uh, is that uh, Winnie the Pooh serves as a constant, uh, uh, a constant window into the uh, schizophrenia of childhood, <laughs> the utter mental illness that is childhood. That is why it is named Winnie the Pooh. My son recently got a DVD of the television program Yo Gabba Gabba for, um, gosh, I guess it was a Christmas gift. And he's taken to naming all kinds of things in his life after the 
the main characters of Yo Gabba Gabba, especially Muno. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean the other ones as well. He's often Muno, but he he said, oh, "Gosh, I'm trying to think of what the uh, what the characters are." Do you remember the names of any of the other non Muno? Oh, Plex. Plex is the one he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Today he said, I want to bring Plex to school with me. He's two and a half. And he picked up Cookie Monster and showed me Cookie Monster. <laughs> it's like, oh God, my branded worlds are colliding. Yeah. My child has been so brain brainwashed that he's cross-branding now. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm afraid I, I'm not as conversant with Yo Gabba Gabba. I like to keep it pure for that reason. I'm a pure Mr. Rogers guy. And if you ever yeah. want a window into the into the schizophrenia of childhood, just take a little walk through the land of make believe. Man, a, I'll tell you there's what. There's a tiger just, that lives in a clock. <laughs> with my son, I recently watched an episode of Mr. Rogers where it featured the flying trolley. So the trolley that takes you to the land of make believe is on tracks. Yeah. But it had a cousin from Paris, France. Oh. That had a helicopter whirly gig on top of it and also had some twinkling bells and stuff like that and flew. And when I saw it on the screen, it was the most vivid rush of nostalgia I've ever felt because it direct me, it directly plugged me in to the sense of being, I think this was a Mr. Rogers from 1984, so I would have been three years old. Being three years old and just thinking, what the F is this? This is amazing. The trolley has transformed. What's going on? Is this the real trolley or the other trolley? Is this a new trolley? The same way I couldn't figure out the difference between Mr. T, the professional wrestler, Mr. T from the A-Team, and Mr. T from the cartoon Mr. T. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, you know, Mr. Rogers, as as much as everyone on Twitter delighted on me, Dancing on his grave recently in the grammar <laughs> in the in the grammar episode where I made reference of the sad fact that Mr. Rogers is dead in, in a way that ended up being unintentionally hilarious. But Mr. Rogers the, the, is the best because he truly understood the weird dream logic of children, and I cannot highly recommend I cannot recommend more highly to parents. Uh, especially new parents, to watch Mr. Rogers and 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 dig his wisdom about how children's emotions work and follow his lead and appreciate that this is a guy who knew that if there is a magical trolley that takes you to a world of make-believe, it naturally will have a cousin that has a helicopter uh, propeller on it, and it's from France. Like... Only a child or Mr. Rogers could have made that sort of dream logic leap that, that makes no sense. And yet a, a, a child understands it intuitively. Yeah, of course that tiger lives in that clock. Of course he's got a French cousin who lives in an Eiffel Tower across town. Of course the oh, Lady Elaine Fairchild, one of the, the most terrifying creatures on earth and yet so pitiable. Oh, I tell you that Adventure Time, as much as I love it, it's got, in, in terms of the pure psychedelia, it's got nothing on Mr. Rogers. Can I recommend? I, I I had a guest on my show a couple of years ago named Benjamin Wagner, who made a really lovely movie called Mr. Rogers and Me. Love that um, movie. 
and I really recommend people seek out that film. It's just it's a very it's a very simple documentary about Mr. Rogers and his life and about Ben's relationship with Mr. Rogers and also the relationship between Mr. Rogers and all of the people whose lives he touched during his life. I mean, Mr. Rogers, as it turns out, the, the worst thing, Ben told me the worst thing you could say about Mr. Rogers was that his children felt like he loved everyone in the world as much as he loved them. Um, and it's a really, it's a really lovely, it's a really lovely thing. And Mr. Rogers is a special dude. I almost started crying just now. Let's get to the next uh, question for the docket. I lived with my current significant other, Alex, for eight years in Brooklyn. Since then, we've gone on to graduate schools in different places, UMass Amherst and Wake Forest. Since we no longer live together, we depend on our phones as our primary method of communication. Alex still uses a flip phone that he got 10 years ago. He refuses to upgrade. Our conversations regularly end in frustration because I cannot hear him or his phone dies mid-sentence. I know smartphones and data plans can be expensive, but why not upgrade to an inexpensive non-smartphone? Alex has decided he'll only upgrade if ordered to do so by you. Judge Hodgman, will you issue such an order? Yes, of course. I issue it. Diane wants to talk to you, Alex. I don't know whether you're the one in Amherst or you're the one in Wake Forest. But uh, if you don't upgrade your phone, Diane is going to think that you are running some kind of scam. (laughs) She's going to think that you're cheating on her. Oh, yeah, I can't talk to you right now. My 2003-era Razer phone just died. Goodbye. You know, can I I think recommend... there are a lot. I think there are a lot of options. Diane should just buy you something. I ordered Diane to buy him a phone. How about that? Boom. You know, he could just go to the convenience store and get a prepaid phone known as a burner. burner. And the advantage is, is it makes it harder for the cops to get up on the wire. Yeah, get... What, what Diane should do is she should drive. Let's say she's at, in, at Amherst. Drive down 91, hit 95 in Hartford, and then drive Route nine, uh, Interstate 95 from Hartford to Florida, stopping at, at, every, at every convenience store, buying as many burners as possible, like that one kid <laughs> did on the wire. And then mail them all to Wake Forest in a crate. <laughs> That's how you say, I love you in the dream logic of a child. I do miss that razor, though. That had a nice heft. That was the first nice cell phone I got. It was and a nice cell phone. I, I, You know, back when phones were just phones, yeah, it was good. That was a good one. I liked it. Fit very nicely in a, in a suit pocket. But you know me. I only use CB radios now. 10-4, good buddy. Roger that. Our producer is Julia Smith. Our editor is Mark McConville. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Special thanks this week to Jason Puckett and Dan Friedman, who named our case. Good looking out, Jason and Dan. If you want to name a future episode of Judge John Hodgman, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne. Hodgman is at Hodgman, H-O-D-G-M-A-N. Good spelling, Jesse. 
Thank you. You can always catch up with me and all of my tour dates and appearances and things that are going on at johnhodgman.com. And I got some dates coming up in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of D.C., Los Angeles, uh, uh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, all, all over the place. Just go over to johnhodgman.com or sign up for the mailing list, bit.ly slash hodgmail, H-O-D-G-M-A-I-L. Good spelling, John. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Bye-bye. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.